those out around 9.30 this morning. He's playing the 24th up at the Q. We'll get you into that. We also have charge tickets. We'll do those as well. Got the Gronkowski 911 call after the Super Bowl. We'll play you that. And a vegan has come out and said something about farmers that is ridiculous. And I don't know about all vegans, but this particular vegan needs to be stopped. And I've got some numbers on vegans that will shock you, actually, that we'll cover during that segment as well. That will be at 8.30. And at 7 o'clock, Gerber. Getting out there and doing something pretty pretty early. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's a pretty big swing. And I think you may see other big brands follow suit. Uh, we'll see what happens with that coming up at 7 o'clock. Joined every day by Matthew Fantone. Which, buddy, dude, uh, you brushed my car off before you left work yesterday. Indeed, I did. That I was appreciate me. that. I, uh, I, uh, I, was, I was like, well, I hope he doesn't give credit to the smoker. But no, that was me. Do you know? Do you know? I I would I would never. Dude, that guy could give me his kidney, save my life, and I'd be like, yeah, dude, I, I don't so like I that guy. You. I wish you would die. Yeah. Um. But no, not no, a fan. No, no, no. I, uh, not a fan. I, there was a lot of snow left. I know you were stuck in the building yesterday for a little later than I was, so I figured, uh, you know, I'll help your buddy out. There. Dude, I uh I appreciate that. I um the audience kind of made me mad yesterday a little bit. Why is that? Not all of you. Some of them. most of you are still okay. But you and I are doing the Jackson Polar Bear Plunge on Saturday. Indeed we are. 2.15, by the way, is the jump-off time for that, us. That's when we're jumping that's, off. That's when you and I are going into the drink right there. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but somehow or another, we both got roped into this. I uh, I can't believe I, I, I just agreed. You a volunteer, not even agreed. I didn't request. This was a stance where you know what I'm going to do that too. And I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was. You felt guilty about something else in your life at that moment. And you were like, you know what, I'm going to try to make up for it on this end. But Maybe. but Stansberry, he uh, he made the offer, so we gladly accepted. And it was about 300 people yesterday were like, you know, you're old and out of shape. Your heart can stop doing that. That is true. And like the Might amount of people <laughs> who just think that I'm just going to die by jumping in this body of water. Now I don't know if it's that you think or are you hoping you dicks. Now I I I heard yesterday there was another guy that listens to the show. He's doing it for another charity, and he was sending me information about it. I guess he had done it last year. Um, he told me he's like, dude, water temperature right now, Lake Cable, thirty seven degrees. Jeez, thirty seven degrees. So it's gonna be chilly, dude. There's no question about that. That's I cold. I don't think you're gonna die though. I think you're gonna be all right. Yeah, I hope not. I hope, like I said, I mean, they have like lifeguards there, and they have paramedics there, obviously for like worst case scenarios. But I, 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 if if people were regularly like their hearts were just blowing up from doing this, I don't think it would be nearly as popular. You well, know? I've seen plenty of videos around the country of people doing this, and I've definitely spotted people who are in worse shape than I. Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think you have anything to really worry about there. Now, dude, if you had if you had previously had a heart attack and like your heart's running on twenty percent right now or something yeah they're probably going to steer you away from oh yeah i would imagine but there's no reason to assume that an otherwise semi-healthy person you know and yourself over there is that what i am i mean well semi is that what i am i'd I'd say it's better than unhealthy right i guess i'm semi-healthy semi-healthy i mean i quit smoking cigarettes alive (laughs) i quit smoking cigarettes i don't drink as much alcohol as i used to i've been uh watching the caloric intake the difference here is like you don't live that healthy lifestyle of you're doing things actively to make yourself better. No. But at the same time, no, 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 no. you're not doing what you once did of like actively destroying your body and, and, and your health there. No, I, um, I've really tried to rein it in. Health purgatory is what you're in yeah. right now. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes, that's a good way. That's a good way to, to describe it. Right, and right I, uh, I've been doing a little bit better. Now, I, 
obviously Sunday was the Super Bowl, so I ate like a maniac at my buddy Jamie's house for right. that. And then, you know, on Friday, first Friday, I had a couple of, you know, jambalaya tacos. But outside of that, I've been doing very well with the calorie intake. It's always hard when you're like, all right, hey, I'm going to try to scale back on what I'm eating. Um, because these, like every holiday, if, if you want it to, can be justified with food. The food from that holiday can totally be justified. You're like, Dude, oh, God, yeah. It's Fourth of July. I'm supposed to eat 100 hot dogs. Like, what am I supposed to do? Not love America? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Is not love America? And then, like, Thanksgiving yeah. obviously has a Halloween. You're going to eat candy. Easter, you know, you're going to eat candy. First Friday, you're like, no, dude, I have to eat jambalaya tacos. I have to. It's first Friday. It's like, that's not even a holiday. Well, I only ate two. Okay. I mean, normally I'd put a six pack down, okay. and I only had the two there. And the Super Bowl is like Thanksgiving, too. Like, that's, I mean, that's just Americans, right? Like, Thanksgiving's so good, we decided to have a second one still in the winter. Like, we just, I don't know, yeah. they, we love that. And they're also compact, too. They're also, you know, uh, from the Halloween jump off all the way until Easter, it's just like, no, man, you have to eat a bunch of food during this six months. Like, it's just, that's, it, it, it's it's a part of the, uh, it's a part of the American way. And I, like I said, like, sometimes you feel like, dude, what, am I not going to celebrate this? What, am I not going to celebrate the Super Bowl? And it's like, well, you can watch the Super Bowl and not have 3,000 calories. Says who? Everyone says that's fast. <laughs> says who? Dude, I was just at my buddy's island in his kitchen just with the buffalo <laughs> dip, just like just rifling it into my face. I could not stop. So I did have that. Um, so Saturday, 2.15, this is across the street from um, the Winking Lizard? Yeah, in that general area of Lake Cable right over there, yeah. I don't want to do it. Um, I, pff, you signed up. We are. I up. can't back out though. Contractually obligated at this point. I signed nothing. You liar. Um, and it, 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 I, I know there's a bunch of other uh, nonprofits and charities that are involved in this right now. You can make a donation to our team at wrqk.com. It's got all the information right there. Just click on the Stansberry Show blog. Um, and I'm I'm very happy to announce we are still beating uh, Officer Lamar Sharp Be a Better Me Foundation. So like I feel like that's kind of the competition for us right now. And well, uh, I'm gonna take his handcuffs, handcuff him, and then. <laughs> Push him in the lake. We'll see. We'll see how athletic he is then. Yeah, Lamar. As you're just, you know what? That's probably not great. I probably shouldn't joke about you know ending the life of a of a good upstanding citizen of Canton, Ohio. He's a good dude, a uh, big fan of ours, and we are of him. So yeah, Saturday, Jackson uh, Polar plunge there. I dude, I want to back out. Hugh Jackson didn't do it, <laughs> right? I don't know. I've not dude, seen him. I would like to think that my record at Rock 1069 is better than one in 31, right? My it's more like 31 and 1. Is more is I I have the reverse Hugh Jackson score. So dude, if he didn't have to do it, why the hell do I have to do it? I just, man, I really hope my heart doesn't stop. People had me on that all day yesterday. I was like, well, I mean, I'm not that healthy. Maybe it will happen. It turns out that most of you go home after work feeling incredibly stressed out, and we're going to be able to help you fix that with just a couple of easy steps next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out those kid rock tickets 930. That show on the 24th up at the queue. Again, that Gronk 911 call will play around 7.45. So a lot of us uh, apparently have a problem getting off of work, shutting off work mode, going home, and not being stressed out over our jobs. And it's causing a lot of problems. Stress isn't, you know, it's not very good for you. And I kind of deal with this. I'm one of these people where I never stop worrying about what it is I do, ever. Um, it's one of the reasons why I play as much golf as I do. I have found that that's one of those things 
And I don't really know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's an activity or it's because I'm outside and I'm just kind of taking in some nature or whatever. But it's one of the very few things in life I can do where I will let work go, not think about it so much, be focused on what I'm doing. And then normally what I find, Fantone, is that somewhere through the round, without even realizing I'm doing it, I'll then drive home and think, and then something will become clear about work, like something I may want to get into the next day or something that we did that day that wasn't so great that we can redo and like figure out how to make something better. And I always end up walking away with something positive from that because I just wasn't just sitting there thinking about work. But if I just drive home after work and go home, sit on my couch, start watching Netflix, I'm never watching TV. I'm always worried about what the hell's happening in here, what could happen in here, what did happen in here, and things like that. So I think a lot of people are probably like that. Our job's will stress us out, right? Um, and I would imagine a lot of you are worried about like, how long am I going to have this job? Do I have it for a while? Or, you know, stability in your career is a big uh, point of focus for a lot of people. And so they're talking here in men's health about how you can stop worrying about your work once you get home. And they say one of the things you can do is to build your plan for the next day. Uh, a new study out of Ball State University suggests that you write down a game plan for how you're going to tackle your to-do list over the next following days. Like, so, you know, you left work today, didn't get everything done, build a plan on how you're going to do that and how you make sure you have less of that the next day. And I would even add to this and say, do this before you leave the office. Don't do this at home. Do it before you leave the office and you will be a little bit more relaxed because you won't have the anxiety of what's looming over the next day on you. I think most people would be much better served in life making lists. It's something that I feel like when I'm productive, I do a lot in times when I'm not productive. It's like, well, dude, write it down and then you'll actually do it. Um, I think when it comes to goal setting, anytime you come to the end of something, that's a good time to like evaluate of like, all right, well, what's coming next? So you're right. The end of the workday. All right. What do I have coming up tomorrow? At the end of Friday, all right, what do I have coming up next week? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and kind of setting those up as like, all right, so now, you know, hey, it's the end of February. It's the end of the quarter. It's the end of the half. Like, what do I have coming up in that next amount of time? I think that gives you a really good opportunity to like, you know, evaluate and then kind of reprioritize what you have coming up in, in, in your work life. I would even, I, I would extend another piece of advice just from me, not necessarily this article, but I talk about this book I read once all the time about how to fix your financial life called Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And one of the things Dave talks about in Total Money Makeover is you need to build, like set, list all your bills, right? And not necessarily your monthly bills, but like all your debt, list all your debt, right? And he says, list them with lowest amount of money up all the way to whatever, you know, the most amount of, you know, debt you have is. He says, and pay off the little ones first. He said, because then you'll start to feel a sense of accomplishment. You'll start to feel as if, oh, my God, I can do this. Where people worry about the, you know, the piece of debt that they owe the most amount of money on. He says, that's crazy. He's like, you'll always feel like it's a mountain. You won't be able to move it, and you're going to end up not doing anything. So much like this would be the same way for is what I would tell people is make the list of things you have to do tomorrow, but list the, the easiest things to do first, and then work through them that way. You'll feel a sense of accomplishment, and you'll feel as if you can take this stuff down. Yeah, I mean, uh, Smaller goals, obviously easier to accomplish. You can create a ladder there, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm you, in a better better place now. There's momentum yeah. heading in the right direction, and you'll you'll continue to keep going with that. Our job is very big in this, in, in making lists and the like. And I'll tell you, I, I do this all the time. And 
part of it is there's a million different ways to prep for a radio show. There's a million different. There's no right or wrong way. It's like whatever you do that works for you, that that'll be fine. There's really no right or wrong way. I know a lot of guys that wake up, go into work really early in the morning, and they don't do anything all afternoon. They get it all done right before the show, and they're great at it. Right? I can't do that. I it, it will stress me out. I will toss and turn in bed all night long if I have not at least we go on the air twelve times a day, right? So uh, I what I try to do is find at least nine things in case you can hit a couple of things twice. But ultimately, I'd rather have twelve and figure it out, and I build an outline. And I will do it the night before because if I go to bed and I don't have things kind of like mapped out for tomorrow, my brain just won't shut off and I'll go, dude, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. And there's so much competition for your guys' entertainment time that I feel if I do it that way, eventually I'm just going to drive you to listen to something else over being unprepared. And it freaks me out and it terrifies me. Now what I'll do then is I come in about an hour and a half before the show starts and I'll recheck everything, make sure like, okay, what happened overnight when I went to sleep this night? And you can do that. But if I go to bed with no outline whatsoever, it freaks me out. But I could do a better job after the show is over of sitting in my office for 20 minutes before I leave going, okay, this you didn't get done today. You're you're looking to go home tomorrow. Make sure you start here, start this and start that. But I absolutely agree with you, dude. Lists help. The amount of times I will, just as simple as like grocery shopping, I'll make a list drive to the store and be like, damn it, I forgot that damn thing on my kitchen table, and now I don't have it. And then you get home, you bought a bunch of stuff, you spent 100 bucks, but you didn't get anything that would have been on that list. It absolutely drives me crazy. Organization is one of those things. Like I, My boss is on me about it all the time. He's like, you need to get a little bit better organized. And he's right. I mean, It's one of those things where I get mad at him, but it's because of how accurate he is at it. And I think lists are absolutely a great way to relieve your stress because you just feel like once you see it on the list of paper, uh, you know, a piece of paper, I think you also go, oh, all right, that's not so bad. Where when you think about it in your head, you just build it up and you make it this insurmountable thing or just write it out. And then you'll have a plan for tomorrow. You'll start knocking it out. And before you know it, you feel completely better about what is happening. There's a new business heading to Canton, Ohio. We'll give you the details next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. <sighs> That'd be a nice trip. Dude, and it's a star-studded lineup. I know it's like, dude, it's a rock station, but I mean, like, star-studded. Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, Chainsmokers. I mean, like, I mean, like the biggest names in music right now, no question about it. DJ Khaled's going to be there. I think Cardi B's going to be there. Like, oh, dude, I hate Cardi B. But, I mean, biggest names in music right she's, now. Yeah, she's kind of hot right now. She, she was one of these people you don't know. She's kind of like a rap. Um, she came out the other day and said, I'm not going to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show until Colin Kaepernick is back employed by the NFL. Nobody is ever going to ask Cardi B to play the halftime show ever, uh. ever. Like, dude, we've already had you once before, right? What was that girl? She had Anna, why, man, man, Nicki Minaj. Yeah, we already had Nicki Minaj. We already had Cardi. We had a better Cardi B two years ago. And you saw that's already over. The Nicki Minaj thing's pretty much already over. Nobody's ever going to ask you to play the halftime show. You're not big enough, and you're not going to have a long enough career. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm predicting that right now. Cardi B, under five, I'll take the under on five years of being a, like a major thing. She's hot. She's got a nice body, that whole thing. I'll give her all that, but like, come on. Nobody, dude, you're not big enough to play the halftime show, Cardi. 
Way to just say something so people are talking about you. And I, dude, look at me. I'm falling for it. I was going to say, God stands, Barry. I'm falling for it. But, I mean, dude, she's like halfway talented. Like, her songs aren't even that good. And you can win her. You could go win a trip to see her live. Well, Taylor Swift <laughs> is going to be there. That's a legitimate star. There's somebody right there who could play the halftime show. <laughs> who should play the halftime show. That's a big, huge artist. I think Adele would be a pretty good halftime show choice too. Although she's not really, boring. yeah, she's not really like a singer dancer type. She yeah. just she just blows you away with pure ability. Yeah, yeah let's God boring. forbid we do that. God, for, well, God I mean, forbid what are you we do, do that. You go put a cellist up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going to do? Put like, yeah, I, but I mean, she she has pop songs. I mean, that's what she is. She's a pop artist. I would just I just think it'd be very boring to have somebody up there singing for a half, for like for 12 minutes. There were a lot of people who were making the claim after the Super Bowl that what they would have preferred. To just have somebody without so many distractions. And like people were making the claim of like, what happened to like real artists who were just kind of stood on their own, kind of, yeah, they dance a little bit, but they'd sing to you. And this, why is it got to be all of this stuff? I, I guess I, there's value in production. You know what I mean? There's value in like, I mean, that's why singing and dancing is kind of like a hand in hand thing right there. I wonder because I know they don't pay the artists who do it, but do the rest of those people get paid? Um, I would assume if you're on like, you know, Justin Timberlake's tour package, you're not getting paid. But if you're like an independent contractor who is brought in specifically for like, hey, we need you to build this. Well, who set, pays for that? Does he I'm pay sure for that? Timberlake. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's like, yo, this is my touring group. And like, you probably just have to come off the cost of all that. So not only do you not get paid, but then you got to pay people to do it. I would assume so. <sighs> I mean, I, somebody's coughing up that money. Now, we did. We did the numbers the other day um, when Gaga did it. She sold one hundred and fifty thousand digital you know, songs and albums that i believe that night or the following day so you make some money but and, and, and you know ultimately it's probably good exposure for you and when you're timberlake I, although dude he was selling out shows before the super bowl did he really need the help does mcdonald's really need commercials you know what i mean yes of course you do you gotta keep you you, you if, if you don't if, if you stop hey, remember do, me hey remember me if you stop doing stuff like this that's when it's like well wait why why, why am i not selling out shows anymore yeah that's probably true I, I i you know they are one of the one of the examples i always use for people who are thinking about advertising it's like there's a reason why they do it right is because it works right you you know what I mean? People can say whatever they want, but it does work. Uh, Poison coming to blossom June 12th. Um, uh, Cheap Trick is part of that bill, too. What a good show That's that a is. Good show. That's a lot of hits right there. A lot right? of hits. A lot of hits right there. I once saw, and I love Cheap Trick. I'm a big fan. Um, I once saw them open up for Motley Crue at CSU, and that was really good. It's just very weird to me to see this band, Cheap Trick, who influenced all these bands. Motley Crue and Poison are two big ones. I mean, dude, Nikki Six was a huge Cheap Trick fan. And so, like, to see, like, the, to see this band now open up for these bands that kind of took their gimmick and made it their own, it's just weird. I always felt like it was kind of weird the influence they had on that style of music, just because Cheap Trick isn't necessarily that. You know, you can hear some stuff and be like, oh, I totally hear how, 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 you know, like, you listen to Trivium and you can totally hear how Metallica influenced it and, like, essentially they just took it further. Cheap Trick was just so weird and so its own thing. And then for it to inspire all that hair metal to me, I always was just kind of like, Oh, all right. I mean. um, yeah, you are. I mean, that is true. I think the influence is probably what the short, poppy kind of sound, hook. I mean, that's what Cheap Trick was great at the hook. Dream Police is nothing but hook. Um, so I think there's probably a little bit of that in there. I just felt like they were always a little underrated. Like Southern Girls was a song by Cheap Trick I'll always love. 
They were just always a little underrated. And I've said this about that band. I think that's the greatest band name in history of band names. It's just such a great name. You got to remember when they formed as a band. You know what I mean? Like if a band came out today called that, you'd be like, uh, whatever. But like I have always felt like Cheap Trick was such a great band name. Robin Zander's good, man. He's just good. They're good at what they do. But we're doing an internet presale for the Poison Cheap Trick show that will take place on the WRQK Facebook page. We'll start at 10 a.m. this morning, and it will go until 10 o'clock this evening. Tickets not officially on sale until tomorrow, 10 a.m., but you can get them early at the Rock 106.9 Facebook page this morning starting at 10 a.m. You hear it all the time about the death of brick-and-mortar store. Yeah. Right, I, Amazon putting an end to all this. Nobody, you know, shops in real mm-hmm. stores anymore. The internet's killing off everything, and uh, not so true here in Canton, Ohio, as we are getting a huge brick and mortar store. Apparently, it's going to be fourteen thousand five hundred square foot. Wow, that is huge. <laughs> That's pretty pretty big building there. Um, and it's among three buildings planned for the six acre site of the northwest corner of Whipple and Everhard. Um, apparently, this is over where. The Colonial Lanes Bowling Alley near uh-huh. the Belden Village area. I don't. I don't remember Colonial Lanes. I had never been there, um, so I don't know exactly where that is. I don't have a. I'm having a hard time with the frame of reference of where that is. Like you know where all that new construction is over in that area, where all the new stuff is, like that whole new shopping center and stuff. Oh, okay. Essentially, right across the street. From okay. That. All yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know where that is. We're getting a Duluth Trading Store. Um, they say it's that will be the tenant. It will replace the Colonial Lanes Bowling Alley. And um, apparently Duluth declined to verify an agreement is in place. But, I mean, I'm reading this in CantonRep.com. They're normally okay. pretty reputable. So I, I would I, I would expect that this is accurate. They say um, groundbreaking April, completion expected around October. Um, Duluth, if you don't know, and I have a very limited knowledge of them, it's this is that store that advertises um, men's underwear that doesn't ride up uh-huh. and did all that. Apparently, it, it, it apparently they make men's underwear that's like the best in the business. I think a lot of what they do is workwear and outdoor stuff. I think it's a very much man like oriented, like you know, hey, you need new work jeans or work boots or you know, you need a good uh, you know uh, pair of uh, uh, of boots. Like this is where you're going. Okay, I'm sorry. The entire location where this is going to be will be fourteen thousand square foot, but their building itself will. Be around eighty four hundred. Okay, okay. I was gonna say, man, fourteen thousand square foot. That's like a mall, dude. But like, okay, so this yeah. is a part of. A, so a that's part of here. the entire project. And this will be the anchor store. Um, okay. We don't have any word on who the other tenants near it will be, um, but apparently Duluth is from Duluth, Minnesota. Uh-huh. Formed in nineteen ninety nine, after two brothers developed a uh, a bucket boss, a durable canvas tool organizer that fit in a drywall bucket. Oh, okay, dude. Yeah. I used to have to use one of those. Yeah, I didn't know that was them. I, I got to tell you, their commercials work. Like, if if you've ever seen one of those, I've always been very interested to buy some Duluth underwear because those commercials look like they, they, I mean, they work. They get me interested. Well, they make the good point of like, yo, is your underwear riding in like, you know, in a, in a funny way? And it's like, well, dude, yeah, my, my, my stuff's kind of male-adjusted right now. Yeah. I need this. Yeah. Um, And, I, you know, most guys have gone through that. The thing that always stops me is like, I'm, I'm very hesitant. I love stuff that's seen on TV. Like, dude, I'm a sucker for it, but I'm very hesitant. To- I want a copper pan. Oh, dude. I got one if, of those. If, 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 if it, if 
if it's been as seen on TV, I want it. Like I'm, I'm just a sucker for it. But I'm always hesitant to order stuff from like companies where I don't, I can't go into the store and touch it. Like I don't want to buy something until I can go see it. And now that it's here, now that it's like okay, you can actually do this, I can guarantee you, I will go buy Duluth underwear. I am a hundred percent sure. Yeah, now that I can just walk into the store, mm-hmm. I don't have to order. I hear it's actually not cheap though. Um, I wouldn't assume so. I think that's one of those things that they're going to tell you like, hey, this is quality made product right here. And when you buy a pair of Duluth jeans or a pair of Duluth boots, you're going to be wearing those for the next 10 plus years. Let's see here. Let's pull up the website. DuluthTrading.com. Let me see. We'll go to underwear. We'll go to boxers and briefs. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, men's buck naked performance boxer, uh, boxer briefs, twenty two fifty. Wow, for one pair. Wow. Is that one pair? Yeah, I think it is. Dude, underwear is expensive from the jump off like it just is, but like twenty two fifty for a pair of underwear is a bit much. Men's three-pack everyday compression work socks. What do you guess? Take a guess. A three-pack three pack of, of socks. socks. Compression work socks. Oh, since I'm guessing expensive, I'm going to go with 20 bucks. Thirty nine fifty. For three pairs of socks, 40 bucks. God, dude, maybe I'm taking all that back, what I just said. Now, here's the thing. You can get a men's six-pack midweight everyday quarter socks, which are not compression. Now, those are only 20, $29.50? Yeah, but then we're talking about like going down in quality. Like, yeah, of course, you know, the cheaper yeah. stuff is going to be cheaper. No, I want the good stuff. I want the stuff that's on commercials. Hey, those are the animated commercials, right, where they've got like the dude. Yeah, like a, like a cartoon okay, type dude. Okay, okay. Yeah, then, I mean, I, I don't know. I was I, Honest to God, I was like, dude, I'm totally buying this. And, but if it's twenty-two fifty for a pair of underwear. I can't, can't be doing that. Your Men's that money? Armachillo cooling boxer briefs, twenty-seven fifty. Dude, like they actually still sell like regular briefs. And then oh, you look yeah. at the dude in this. I don't get that. Oh yeah. Well, dude, I mean, there's plenty of guys out there that are listening right now that are wearing briefs, dude. Like still in like yep. whitey tidy briefs. Yep, one hundred percent, man. Why? Uh, because that's what they've worn their entire lives, and they're not switching up for it now just because there's a bunch of young millennials walking around with their newfangled underwear. Hell no, dude. Matt tweeting in says, I've got their underwear and socks and, and their pants on right now. Matt, how them socks? Dude, no, never mind. Matt, tell me about your underwear, buddy. <laughs> tell us about your draw. Tweet in there. Yeah, like, dude, you got to still yank things off the side of your leg or like, how's that work there? Because, um, dude, a cooling piece of underwear, like, you would think we would have fans in our underwear by now. You'd think so. Little You'd jets. Think a little something, little something jets. to cool it off there. Little jets. Uh, that whole area right now. Um, what, the ball region? No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying the Belden Village area, Everhard and Whipple up there. You know what it needs? What does it need? More stuff. Well, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. what it But it's, you can see it right now, especially with that. That new plaza that has uh, what used to be known as uh, TGD 365, now known as American Oven. Um, there's that delicious. Earth Fair up there. There's a couple of other things. Yeah, breweries in there. Um, Fat it, is in there. What it, what Skechers it, is in there. It's 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 a turning into like a very like I mean Belden's nice period, but it's like man, if you want to go get premium brands, if you really want to go spend money, if you want to accumulate credit card debt, like that side of Belden Village, the place to go. Yeah, I I remember like when I first moved here, there was not much in there. No, 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 no. That place is relatively empty and i remember talking to the guy who owned american oven and i was like dude you just got to get some other stuff in here man if you get more like foot traffic in here people are going to eat here for sure because the food's great yeah and you know and he was like yeah man he's like it's kind of killing me so now when you drive past there you're right there's a sketchers in there Mm -hmm. now there's a brewery in there now like i got to imagine i haven't talked to him in a while but i gotta imagine his business is ticked up yeah i mean anything you know that kind of rises the tide in stark county i'm gonna celebrate so like dude open up that Duluth store and i hope 10 other businesses 
is open with. Hey? Yeah, it's amazing, man. As, uh, as as more and more places are closing the brick and mortar, it's kind of nice to see that being built because you know what that means? It means jobs. People are going to be able to go there and, and work there, which is going to be great. Gerber Baby Food is out there doing something. Um, I don't really know what to call it, but it, but it's very 2018, and I think it will pay dividends for them in the end. We'll explain next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. We have Kid Rock tickets for you at 9.30. Also send you out to L.A. at 9 o'clock for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. Uh, I'm being told that the bullpen underwear from Duluth Trading Company keeps things in place. Okay. And the compression socks work great. It says, uh, my Achilles are good in the summer. Okay. And uh, apparently... Clayton says the Duluth Firehose Flex work pants are yoga pants for men. Jeez. Now, we've been talking about that uh, for about a month now. There's been a couple of different stories about Meggings coming out about that. And I actually saw a guy. I don't know him, but we're friends on Facebook. And uh, he posted a, 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 a photo of himself in a pair of yoga pants the other day. It was like, come at me, I don't care. They they help my performance during yoga. I I don't know. I've never worn them, so I don't know. And it's been probably five years since I've done yoga, which I do kind of miss, by the way. Um, it does benefit you a great deal. But I don't know if I'm ready for for yoga pants, bro. Well, is he saying yoga pants like they're like form fitting and tight like that, or is he saying there's flexibility to them, stretchability to them? Like I don't know. I, I, I guess we'd have to ask Clayton some follow up questions. I, I don't think Duluth is making like form fitting pants. I don't think that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know enough about Duluth, and I don't know enough about yoga pants to know. Another company making uh, headlines yesterday, and make no mistake, this is one of the reasons why they did it. Um, Gerber, known the world round for their baby food, which I don't even know. I mean, they they must do a fantastic job. Like, I can't think of another brand name of baby food. No. No, I don't have kids, but maybe if I did, I would know. But Gerber uh, revealed their 2018 spokesbaby, and uh, it's Lucas Warren. And Gerber has been apparently doing this for 90 years, 90 year old contest. This is where they kind of like, you know, search the public and find like the baby for its brand. 90 years. Yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I know it's an old ass company and you know, it, uh, to me, I've always felt like the Gerber baby. I, I always thought it was just like the same baby. Like I thought it was like, Hey, we took this picture, but I, you know, <laughs> and I just thought it was the same picture for a long time. I just thought it was some guy drew it right. right? Like, like on so the side of the generic, label. Right. Or woman, I don't know. Somebody drew it. Um, but Gerber is using their first ever baby with Down syndrome. His mother, Courtney, tells today that Lucas is very outgoing and, and never meets a stranger. What? Lucas is very outgoing and never meets a stranger. Every Everyone that meets Lucas, you know, he already loves him, I think is what she's trying to say. Oh, there. my God. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, he loves to play, loves to laugh, and loves to make other people laugh, she said. Now, according to today, Courtney entered her son in the Gerber contest on a whim, but Lucas was chosen for more than 140,000 babies. 
which I could I could imagine a lot of parents want to do that. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure you get what probably a lifetime supply of baby food, and there's probably some cash. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's fifty thousand dollars or something. Is like that, that what it is? Yeah, but but wow, you know, that doesn't I mean, seem like enough. And we'll just I mean to have your you know your kid on the on the face of Gerber. I mean, you're gonna be pretty excited about that. They say every year we choose the baby who best exemplifies Gerber's longstanding heritage of recognizing that every baby is a Gerber baby. This year, Lucas is the perfect fit. Lucas's dad, Jason, said he's hoping Lucas, as a Gerber baby, will shed light on the special needs community and help more individuals with special needs be accepted and not limited. They have the potential to change the world just like everyone else, said Jason. Now, that's just a proud dad talking about their kid. That's just the way dads and moms are about their children. Everybody thinks they have the most special baby ever. Um, And this is... Do you're going to start to see com- more and more companies do this? They're all going to be in a race to be the most accepting company out there, and I'm not knocking it, but this is a marketing ploy. That's that's what it is. It's that's. I mean, th- this is not necessarily. This is about look at the look at the positive attention we will get over this. So you're saying this kid would not have gotten this contract without him having Down syndrome? I think that that definitely played a factor in it. Now I saw the photo of him yesterday. He is cute. Like there is like there is something about him where you see it. and It's like okay, that's a marketable smile on that kid. But there's a. I mean, dude, 140 thousand babies. You mean to tell me there wasn't a kid equally as cute? Or is photogenic? Of course there was. But they went, I, I believe, yes, that they went out of their way to do this, to get the positive press over it. And who's going to knock it? Ultimately, dude, who buys baby food? My guess is more moms than dads. And moms are going to go, oh, and then they're going to buy this. Now, we did start out the break saying, I can't list another baby food maker. Like, Not that there isn't one, but Gerber's pretty much it. Do you feel like this is, while maybe well-intentioned, I mean, like, is this... Uh, backwards thinking where it's like, hey, you're just using this child to exploit, to to promote your business as opposed to like really giving him this. You're using this, uh, you're using this kid essentially as a pawn. I think this is, I think it can be both. I think it can be, we want to be accepting, we want to be forward thinking, but in that marketing meeting, somebody also went, dude, our sales are going to tick through the roof over this. People are going to think we're nice. I, 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 I guess like, to me, like that would almost seem like if I, and I'm putting myself on a hypothetical here, but like if I'm the parent of a kid with special needs, to me that's almost insulting. That almost feels like you're exploiting this as opposed to actually like caring about this. That's how it came off to me yesterday was exploitation. Now I'm a pessimist. I am, or and you know, and we are, all of us pessimists always say I'm a realist. When in reality, no, you're not. You're just negative, right? And I and I am a little bit negative. And I am a little bit of a pessimist. When I saw this yesterday, I was like, oh, of course you're doing this, dude. Welcome to 2018, where every company in the world has to trip over themselves to be the most accepting entity out there. Otherwise, people are going to be boycotting you outside of that. Now, I would imagine that they have. But what, what are the numbers on, on minorities that have been the Gerber baby, I wonder? You not know. Asians and Latinos and an African. I would have to imagine we've had an African-American baby as the Gerber baby by now, I would think. But make no mistake, there are going to be groups who feel like they've been leapfrogged in this and be like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And like, you know, there's the percentage of people who have this outweighs the p- people, you know, that have the percentage of people who have this. And it's going to turn into that. But ultimately, dude, this is a product sold to mothers mostly, I would imagine. That's a guess. I don't know. That's speculation. But moms are going to read this story and they're going to go, oh, and they're going to sell a million units of this stuff. It is exploitation. It can be both at the same time. It can be like, oh, no, maybe this is the right thing to do. But if you don't think that company's rubbing their hands together and thinking about the profits that are going to come from doing this, you're crazy. 
That's why they're doing it. It is absolutely to get that name back out there, you know, reinvent the brand a little, and oh my God, and now that, you know, things are going to fly off the shelves. And you are going to watch multiple companies in the wake of this trip over themselves to be the next inclusive, equality-based brand in America. It's just the way this is going to be over the next few years until people realize, you know what, I'm kind of over social media, I'm getting off this stuff, which I still maintain is going to happen. A lot of people tell me I'm crazy and that we're never putting the, you know, pace back in the tube. I'm telling you, you watch I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, how much stuff was ingrained in your life back in those decades that you thought you could never, ever live without, and there's no way you would ever go back and not do it that way that we no longer do. There's a slew of that stuff. Eventually, social media is going to burn itself out, and we're going to go, dude, this is destroying us. All we do is argue, and I went away from it, and that's what's going to happen. But until it does, you're going to watch companies like this do this for retweets and for sales of their brand. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. Dan Stansberry. And his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. What's going on, guys? You got Stansberry here for the Wake Up Auto family. If your commute the last few mornings was bad. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. Fantone, what's going on with your Canton Charge? Uh, I'll tell you what's going on with Canton Charge. Uh, the 21st is the next home game. Uh, taking a little break right now. They're on a West Coast trip. Uh, the G League playoffs, or I'm sorry, the G League All-Star game is next week. So the 21st, they return. Uh, Want to throw a quick shout-out to Marcus Thornton, the all-time leader in Canton Charge three-point shots made. Uh, I think we found out yesterday he will be in the NBA G League three-point challenge. So I'll bring that trophy back to Cam, baby. That'll be nice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Tickets available, CantonCharge.com. And just a reminder, the 23rd Dollar Dog Night, Sugardale hooking it up. So, uh, yeah, go hard on the hot dogs. I will definitely do that. I know you will. I would have never thought, if you would have told me, I think it was about a, what, about a month ago, that there could be a more divisive parade than the Browns 0-16 parade. I would have been like, dude, you're nuts. Yeah, dude, that was, that was very divisive. But apparently, dude, we're going to get a military parade. Apparently, the president would like to see a military parade. And this has got people flying off the handle. And everybody's got their opinion. And I'll walk you through a few of mine. And ultimately, because I'm trying to figure out where I am on it. Because my first thought, if I'm going to be honest, was, well, you got a country full of people that are mad over the kneeling over the NFL thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that landed as anti-military for a lot of the country. And I remember saying it when Colin Kaepernick started. I was like, dude, this is going to be seen as anti-military, which is going to freak people out because the flag and the national anthem and all this stuff is tied into the military for us. It just is for all of us. It's the way it's been sold to us our entire lives. It's hard to separate those things. That I felt like, well, dude, those people are going to love it, right? The you should stand crowd is going to love this, right? And then I also thought, I was like, well, is it a terrible idea to 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 do this and to reinvigorate some of that pride in our military and, and what supplies our freedom? Would that be so awful? But then the more I thought about it, I was like, well, it feels very dictatorish to me. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like the American thing to do. It feels very 
Like when I heard about it, I was like, dude, that's pretty Fidel Castro-ish. Like that's the way it felt to me. Yeah, I I, I, I really, really, really try not to engage in the worst case scenarios when it comes to politics. I try not to engage in hyperbole with it. Um, but in the same week when you're saying, hey, not clapping for me is treasonous and hey, we're going to roll out all the heavy artillery. Like, I can see how people are like, dude, what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are we talking about here, man? Like, what are we talking about? I don't get the connection. To say that, hey, you didn't clap for me, that's treasonous. And then, hey, I'm going to roll out like a dictator, like I'm going to show off the muscle. Those are both very like un-American things. I just see, I just see how when you when you put those things in the same week next to each other, I understand how people can go to that worst case scenario. Oh, I I I still am having a hard time connecting those dots. They're both things a dictator would do. Okay, I what saying not clapping for him is is treasonous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, maybe. That's loose for me. I'm having a hard time connecting those dots. I um I think I'm not so sure it'd be a terrible idea to remind people what it is that makes you able to spot off at the mouth, be awful to your neighbors, buy what you want, spend the money you want, do all this stuff. I, is it a terrible idea to remind people? Dude, like, if we're going to have parades for Super Bowl champions, we're not going to have parades for the champions of the people who give us this life we have. It doesn't um, sound, when you, when you present it under that, guys, it doesn't sound as crazy. And I'm suspicious that if it were another president not named Donald Trump, that we would have a different view of this. I think it just, it, it depends on how this all goes down. If we're just talking like a genuine parade of like, hey, here's the best and brightest of America and we're doing this to support our military, that's one thing. But if you're rolling tanks out, rolling nuclear weapons out, like showing off, like flexing muscle of might there, I think that's when it's different. I think, I think those are two different things. Well, what's going to be in the parade then? I mean, if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to show off the muscle, then then what are you doing? You're, you're showing off the, the individuals. You're showing off the people. You're showing off the, the, the this is, you know, it's, it's not tanks rolling down the street. I think there's a, yeah, I take your point, but the optics is what will draw people to it, right? There, there are there are people that are interested in those things. So it's more about looking at tanks than celebrating, you know what I mean? Like, Why can't it be both? Um, I, t- like I said, just to me, there's a, those are two different things. Like, I, I, can you make the argument that they're the same? Sure, I see a difference there. Oh, I don't. The one thing is a tool used by the human. And so ultimately, they go hand in hand. And I'm not so sure restoring a little bit of pride in the, uh, in the men and women that protect us and give us this freedom and give me the freedom to spot off of my mouth and have awful opinions that upset people. I'm not so sure that's a terrible idea. And I think, honestly, this is one of those things where if it was any other president and not named Donald Trump, that people would go, yeah, dude, look, we're America. But nobody wants to admit anything this guy does is positive. Even the people that support him now are afraid to admit anything he does is positive over the attacks that you'll get over it. Now, you could get into, is it a waste of money? And we can get into, like, that money would be better spent fixing the VA and doing all that stuff. And I would agree with you. But the problem is, they're not going to do that. We've had how many presidents who could have done that? Both sides of the political aisle. Nobody's ever done it. They're not going to do it. So how is, I I just, I really think this is more about who's doing it versus people having an issue with what's being done. So because nobody else has done it, you shouldn't try? I'm all for trying. All I'm saying is they're not going, the people who are saying, don't do this, do that, 
it's that's fine, but they're not going to do that. Last last military like big parade that was had, I think it was in the uh, the the first Bush administration, um, and it was twenty million dollars, which big picture is not that much money that's to the government. Money, but twenty million dollars, right? Put into like VA hospitals, like that's a lot of money. It would help, but they're not going to do that. You know, this is this is one of these interesting things. I posted this the other day because people have been going back to this this um, George Carlin bit where he's talking about how like government doesn't care about you because everybody feels that way now because everybody's anti the president. And it's like, dude, this guy was saying this back when we had Democratic presidents, back and also when we had Republican presidents. This I, this is my thing, and everybody calls me a lunatic when I say it. There has never, ever, 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 ever been an administration that cared about you ever. None of them care about you, bro. It's all a scam. Pretending that one party's better than the other and inclusive, and you know we're we're really the ones that care about you is. Silly, and it's wrong. There has never been a government entity that has ever cared about you. There will never be a government entity that cares about you. This is all about moving chess pieces around the board to get what they want. I have told you from the beginning, they're all in it together to steal from you and I. It's all a shell game, bro. Look over here so we can do this over here. And I told you when Donald Trump got elected that he would be fantastic at this, and he is fantastic at it. $20 million is a lot of money. But here's what I know. The men and women that fight for this country do not get the respect that they, they, that they deserve. They don't. Now, you want to talk to me about taking that $20 million and getting homeless vets off the street? To me, that is a better use of that money than a military parade. But the difference is they're going to give you a military parade, and you're never going to see that money go to get homeless vets off the street. You know why? Because that doesn't whip votes. So we can all scream our heads about it, about, about that being the right thing to do. But the problem is that won't get you to the polls. It won't whip votes. It doesn't. Otherwise, they would do it. But a little bit of pride in this, not the worst idea in the world. But I will admit that tanks rolling down Main Street feels more like Fidel Castro than it does an American president. It does kind of come off that way to me that it's like, well, what's next? Like, are you just going to start, like, taking tanks and like mowing down my front door and demanding I show you that I'm that, that, that I'm from here like I don't know like that feels weird to me but something should be done so more people take pride in who it is that gives you your freedom and you don't have like remember the high school teacher telling people that the military was the lowest of the low that's what leads to military parades in the street it's because you got educators out there telling your kids that military members are stupid so maybe I don't know dude maybe Maybe a tank rolling down Main Street is exactly what this country needs. A reminder of what it is that gives you that freedom to be so vile to one another on Twitter. Maybe it's the best thing that could happen. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 10 o'clock this morning, you will you will want to be... On Rock 1069's Facebook pages, we're doing an internet presale today for Poison Cheap Trick. That shows June 12th out of Blossom. 10A to 10P today. Rock 1069's Facebook page. 
you get hooked up with tickets. The more we talk about that show, the more I'm like, man, that's going to be a good show, dude. Dude, my buddy Corey's flipping out. Of course. Like, dude, he's the big, he's a huge of Poison course. nerd. He's actually played with Poison, and uh, and he's a big Cheap Trick fan. Like, I was talking to him a little bit yesterday. He was like, dude, are we going to go to this? It's like, yeah, man, I'll see you there for sure. Um, It's one of those shows, too, dude. Target rich environment, man. I'm telling you right now. Cougar hunting abound out there, dude. I always tell you, <laughs> I want Cubs. So the New England Patriots lost the Super Bowl. And uh, a lot of the country rejoiced. I don't personally, I don't understand the hatred of the Patriots. I don't understand the hatred of Tom Brady. In the 90s, did we hate the Bulls? Like, I don't remember. I remember Cleveland fans hating Michael Jordan because he stopped us. But, like, the nation loved Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah, but, like, I mean, Duke basketball, the Yankees, uh, powerhouses are easy to hate. Like, they are. I mean. Duke basketball is a great example. People do hate on that dynasty and and the legacy of that. Which is weird because Kentucky doesn't necessarily deal with that. But Duke does seem to deal with that. I mean, I, I, I just think it's one of those situations where it's like, I mean, honestly, McDonald's, I think, faces this. It's really? like, dude, how, much, how many burgers do we have to sell before you people stop talking crap about us, man? Like, how many championships do I have to win before you say I'm good? Like, I, 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 think, right. I think when you sit at the number one position, it's lonely for a reason, man. Everyone's taking shots at you. Yeah, it happens to me a lot. I, uh, so, yeah, that's true. That's okay. That's true. I'll give you Duke. That's a great example. I guess I just don't hate greatness like that. And that there's just part of me where I'm like, I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. Like, and I think Brady's great. Like, people were making the argument, you know, Montana's 4 0. And it's like, yeah, dude, but Jerry Rice stayed with him the entire time. There was no roster flip over. He had that defense. Like, at the end of the day, dude, Brady's dealt with player mobility the way no other quarterback in the league before him who was great has. And he still wins no matter what. Making the argument of. Of hey, he went perfect in his championship runs. It's just so bunk to me. It's a factor. There's no question. Like point to Brady there, point to Jordan there. But like, okay, so 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 the fact that he only went to four Super Bowls as opposed to Tom Brady's what is it nine something the, like that. So so those other five seasons Eight, where he couldn't even make it to the big game, couldn't even make it. Those aren't held against him. But Tom Brady losing in the big game is held against him. That makes zero sense. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, and especially when you think about the fact that Bill Belichick has been. The Super Bowl, fifty percent of the time, he's been the head coach of the New England Patriots. Fifty percent of the time, that's crazy. That's crazy. And again, I always point out, dude. There's always been it's a system. Yeah. So was the West Coast offense. Yeah. Joe Montana, the orchestrator of the West Coast offense. You know, formulated by Bill Walsh, a really good coach. You know, for all you Montana did it by himself. You know, minus Jerry Rice, those running backs, that tight end that was really good, and that defense with Ronnie Lott. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Montana out there doing it on his own. You're right. Way to go, revisionist history person. Way to go. It's crazy. There's always been systems in football. It's the ultimate team sport. Knocking Brady for being a system quarterback is one of the most laughable things in sports. It may, that argument makes me so crazy. But a guy who is on the New England Patriots roster who I loathe, that I dislike a lot, and I think... Is is a guy who complains about people bitching about white privilege too much. I think Rob Gronkowski is a perfect example of white privilege in America. I think if you saw an athlete and he was African-American and acted the way Rob Gronkowski does on and off the field, you would hate him. That, that the country would hate him. That the media would be on him. Everybody would be on him. But Gronk, ah, it's a frat boy, so it's kind of funny. No. 
It's annoying. He's totally annoying. And here's another word that people love to use with locker rooms. It could be a distraction. Is Rob Gronkowski drinking too much going to be a distraction? Now, you could argue that away with the fact that, not really, plays pretty well. Number one tight end in the, in the NFL most of the time. Pretty good, right? Won a bunch of championships. He's probably ultimately fine. But not only did Rob Gronkowski lose the Super Bowl, during the Super Bowl, somebody robbed Gronkowski. We have the 911 call. One line recorded. Where is your emergency? Hello, this, this isn't an emergency. This is, just, uh, this is Rob Gronkowski calling, and uh, while I was gone, my whole house got robbed uh, while on the Super Bowl trip. So he goes to the Super Bowl, and people know he's going to be gone, so they rob his house. Doesn't this have to be an inside job? This to me, it's like really, yeah. I feel like I mean, and I I read something about the security system on his home. So to me, it was just kind of like, how on earth the you just can't if if my house gets broken into, it's like, well, yeah, dude, you live on the southwest side of Canton. I felt like this was very like, dude, somebody had to have been a part of of allowing this to happen. Huh, I, wow, I, that never crossed my mind. I, I thought to myself, I'm like, well, yeah, you know he's not going to be there, but he's also a multimillionaire. There's obviously a really good security system on, yeah. the, on the premise. There's going to be cameras, motion sensors, yep. all that. Dude, my building has motion sensors. Right. You know what I mean? Like, my apart, my, in the inside my apartment, I have one of those. So if you break into my apartment, like, I'll know. But, like, so if I have that in a one-bedroom apartment in Canton, Ohio, downtown, like, Rob Gronkowski, obviously, dude, you probably got a moat. Yeah, I was, I mean, like, I, I, I can't remember where it was from, whether it was Maxim or, or Sports Illustrated or whatever, but they were talking about, like, how great his security system is, and it's like, dude, now, granted, I just because you have an ADT sign out in your front yard doesn't necessarily mean hey, you're not going to get broken into there, but, like, I, I, t- to me, this has to be inside insider job. One of his boys or one of his, you know, somewhere along the Do line. You, so you, oh, you think it's just somebody who knows him, knows him well, this and that. You don't necessarily think Rob's in on. Oh no, 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 no. I don't okay. think. I don't think All this right. is like Gronk trying to pull like an insurance fraud scam or anything like that. I think this is a gardener, or this is a you know somebody who cleans his house, or one of his boys, and somebody, somebody was like staff All right, member. Yep, somebody, somebody that gave somebody else the information of like, hey, this is when you can come. This is how you can get in. This is where the, the most valuable stuff is. Get in, get out. You're out of here in 15 minutes. You know, like that's what I think. Wow, I never processed that yesterday, but you're probably right because who ultimately is going to have access right i mean like it's not like it's like i said it's not like gronk lives in canton and you could just kick his door down like you could just you know what i'm saying like at the end of the day you can just come and kick my door down dude you can't like you can't do that at his dude house. i cut his grass he's not going to be there we know he's you at know. the super bowl right and you do you're there a week right and then you and then you tell your cousin like hey this is the time to come in here this is what you know this is where all the stuff is it, oh. it, it, to me it just seemed very like see that right there fantone i think you nailed it. I think it's I pick one. You know, I mean, you yeah. know, the gardener, whatever, yeah. whoever tells family member, look, I'm not doing this, obviously, because I don't want to lose my gig. And I'm, I'm they're going to, the, the first suspect. people, yeah, the first people of interest suspect. are going to be people who work on property. But yeah, I'll tell my boyfriend, I'll tell somebody else, and they'll come and steal everything. I've always made this argument once you know people aren't going to be places, that that's the best time to rob them. I have always made this argument about the 4th of July. If you're a smart thief, when every moron in town is laying on a blanket looking up going, oh my God, red and blue lights, it's already, is the best time to be kicking in their door and stealing everything they own. If I was a smart thief, I'd work one day a year. I'd knock off 15 houses and then be like, dude, I'm going on vacation for the rest of the year. 
We have more Stansberry Show for you. Also, Kid Rock tickets coming up at 9.30. Hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. 9 o'clock, we'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. T-Swift will be there. I want to go to that now. I like her. I, uh, I'll reach out to the powers that be within the company, and I will let them know, yo, Stansberry, he wants to head out. They're going to laugh at me. I don't know who I'm going to yeah, tell this to. I don't care. <laughs> sending us out there. Are you kidding me? I don't care. Actually, don't do that. I, I, uh, I don't do that. Okay. I, I like the fact that they don't remember whether I work here or not. I like that better. I like flying underneath the radar. I'm gonna email Pittman and be like, "Yo, Pittman, <laughs> who is this? What are we talking about?" Mail a payment. <laughs> I. Uh, one of the things you may have missed yesterday is Quincy Jones. Is just unloading, man. Like it's just he hit 82, and he's like, "F it, I give no more Fs." I'm telling you all kind of stuff. Where apparently Quincy Jones said, "I used to date Ivanka." He's talking about Trump here. I'm sorry, he's 84. Uh, Tommy Hilfiger had been working with his daughter, and had told him Ivanka wants to have dinner with you. So Quincy replied, "No problem. She's a fine mf'er." Which is, I mean, that kind of sounds like Quincy. It's kind of funny. Sure. He said, uh, she had the most beautiful legs I've ever saw in my life. Um, And then he says, wrong father, though, Jones explained. Which I'm sure is what he said today, not what he said back when he met her. Because that's, I mean, that's the popular thing to say now. Let's make sure we get our digs in. Let's get our digs in. Even though back in the day, you were probably friends with him and, you know, loved the guy. But now, let's get our digs in so, so we're popular, right? So, apparently... He claims he had slept with Ivanka Trump. I don't know. I mean, first, I'll say this. If he did, you lucky bastard. There is something so appealing to me about her. Like, I just think she's sexy. Yeah, I mean, tall, good-looking blonde woman. <laughs> like, for sure. Like, you'd be I a mean, liar to say, uh, to say you wouldn't. For the gremlin he looks like now as an old man, Trump. I mean, dude, like, Tiffany's good-looking. Um, like, the younger daughter that doesn't really want to be in the spotlight ever, she's pretty good-looking. And Ivanka, pretty good-looking. Yeah, if it was, if, if you're asking me which Trump daughter I would prefer to sleep with, Tiffany, for sure. I, I, I acknowledge that Ivanka is better-looking, but there's something about Tiffany that I'm like, all right, I'm in there. The fact that she seems to be the outlier of the family has me more interested in her. The fact that she's kind of like, kind of like dirty looking, kind of like she doesn't necessarily look like she's, you know. She feels to me like, remember when the Bush daughters were a mess? Mm-hmm. Remember when they were just in college, mm-hmm. just getting drunk, constantly in trouble? Like, she kind of seems to me like, yeah, you're right. Like, if you took her to a party, fed her a little mad dog, dude, things go nuts. I, I feel like she'd probably, I mean, it's it, it, this point she just looks like she just looks like i guess maybe more obtainable to me maybe more like okay that's in my lane could see her on the street right could right 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 right. fair yeah you could see her walking around where ivanka definitely feels she's got that celebrity aura about her and you feel like it would be hard to penetrate ivanka looks like a high-priced call girl tiffany looks like she could work like a hooker you know what i'm saying like she well she looks like she could be a stripper she looks like you know coming up next on the main stage uh dude 
I would spend money to sleep with Ivanka Trump. Oh, I'm sure you would. I would. I'm I sure would, you would. Uh, like I would spend. I I would. I would spend high call girl prices. Got to have that Quincy Jones money though, and I don't think you necessarily do, my friend. You don't believe him. I do not believe him. No, I I, I do not believe him at all. Why, no. Uh, okay. Do I buy that Ivanka Trump has slept with older men in her life? One hundred percent. Of course I do. I don't think you get out of that family necessarily. Out of that situation. Not even like, hey, this is a criticism. Of the president, I don't think you get out of that situation having a billionaire father that is a celebrity without having a little bit of daddy issues there. So I buy that she's sleeping with older dudes, even older celebrity dudes. I do not buy this. Rich, powerful, older men. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty Dr. Sushish in the in in the you know the, uh, your diagnosis, but I don't think you're wrong. To me, it just seems very like, yeah, that would happen. For Quincy Jones, though, I mean, let's be real. Like, Don't get me wrong. Obviously, a hugely powerful producer in the music industry. Like, There's no question about it. He's got to be top 10. Behind some of Michael Jackson's greatest hits. Like, There's, you know, Billie Jean, you can can credit to him. I know Beat It, you can credit to him. So when Mike was really swinging, Quincy was the guy behind it. But still, Ivanka Trump had access to better old man D, right? I mean, like, you could have slept with, like, an actual artist as opposed to the producer there. Well, I mean, nobody's saying this is the only older celebrity she banged. Well, no, no, no. I I, I, I do not buy it, though. I do not. I, uh, it seems like a weird... All right. It... I would say this that if, if, that if the president was not president right now, that this is a more believable story. This seems to me like... I kind of want to drive Trump crazy, so I'll say this thing. And again, like, wrong father, though, which is not what he said when he met her back in the day. Nobody would have said that because everybody loved Trump back in the day. He was, like the, he was like the symbol of America. That's what we should want. Greed is good. Gordon Gecko, that whole thing. Everybody in this country loved that guy back in the day. So now, well, let me get my dig in because that's what's popular now. Let me get the dig in. And which is what, what makes this whole thing really annoying with Quincy Jones because you just want to get underneath the skin of the president, you liar. Now, another thing he did make the claim of yesterday, Quincy Jones, is that Richard Pryor had had bisexual and gay sex with Marlon Brando, and people were like, what? Yeah, it was a bit strange, and that's another part of the reason why I don't necessarily buy the Ivanka story is because he was throwing so much crap out in this interview. A lot of it, I'm like, dude, well, why am I buying any of this? So... He claims that Marlon Brando would have slept with anything, even saying, you know, look, like a mailbox, like he was going to, you know what I mean? If it's not nailed down, he's going he's gonna to hammer it, which I could see of Brando. Sure. I mean, I could see of any celebrity, man. I mean, those, you know, those dudes have like super sexual appetites. So I, I, I can get that. Other than, other than this, has there ever been like, yo, Marlon Brando banging out other dudes? Uh, not that I remember, but he's a, li- he's a little bit before my time. However, Pryor's widow, Jennifer, confirmed the Richard... The Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando hookup. She says here, the allegation... All right, no, I'm sorry. Richard would have no shame about Quincy's comments. She says, the comedic legend was always very open about his bisexuality with his friends. He documented it extensively in diaries, and I'll, I will be publishing them later this year. Wow. Wow, I had not heard. All, I had not heard all that. She says, "As for Richard hooking up with Brando, it was the '70s. Drugs were still good, especially quaaludes. If you did enough cocaine, you'd f a radiator and send it flowers in the morning." She says, 
Jennifer says she has no doubt Richard would be laughing and cracking up if he heard Quincy spilling the tea on his bisexuality. I disagree. There, I disagree. There is... Remember, I remember Oprah did an expose on this, like, God, 20, it's got to be 20 years ago now, maybe, about black men being on the down low. Remember, there was that book that came out. I believe the book was called The Down Low. It's, it's because gay sex is has been... I mean, do gay people have dealt with, you know... Um, you know, with people being evil to them, like, you know, forever. However, there's, it's like especially rampant in, in African American men that they have a real problem with gay men. Um, and, and I remember she did the expose on it and she had the guy who wrote the book who was a gay man who was living on the down low and said, look, there is, there's this, there's this bigotry inside of African American men towards gay men that it's like, so not only are you now, are you black now, which you face that in America, but now you're gay on top of it. And she, this, I remember the guy saying, he's like, dude, he's like, this group is awful to us and but so many of them are having sex on the download so much so that a guy wrote a book that i just don't think richard would be okay with it um the thing i'll say is that it's 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 been almost a half a century you know what i'm saying since like in the 70s like we're, we're we're sitting at 50 years out almost at this point so with the changing of public opinion with the changing of the tide when it comes to gay issues here I, I have a hard time knowing of whether like, all right, well, hey, gay marriage is legal and all these things. And like, it's no longer this closeted thing. Would somebody who was bisexual in the 70s and felt they had to hide it, would they feel open with it now? No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think I my my guess is no. I still no matter what the time is doing right now, you're still from the arrow of which you're from. And it's hard to shed that. And I think I think Richard would have been the kind of guy who would have been like, I don't care if gay people sleep together. What do I care as a comedian now? But when, but that's about other people. When talking about yourself, would he have been this open about this? I don't think so. Another reason why I th- why I'm gonna why I think this might be wrong is, dude. Richard talked about everything on stage, everything. Smoking crack and lighting himself on fire was part of the Sunset Strip stage show. So, dude, he wasn't gonna talk about this. That I, I mean, there's humor, I guess, in that concept of like, hey, you lit yourself on fire as opposed Dude, to there's like, not funny premises and a man sleeping with a man. Um, I, yeah, there not, is. Not when you're saying it's me it's in the 70s. You know what I mean? Like pointing out homosexuality and saying, look at those queers over there is one thing in the 70s versus saying, owning it versus saying me is another thing. So like I am one of the people that really views Richard Pryor as one of the all time best comedic voices this country or world has ever had. He's an all timer for me. And I got to tell you, hearing him, especially when he was popular, like 70s, 80s, back before you didn't have to worry about everything you said because of the retweets, that Richard describing gay sex would have been hilarious. Like everything that guy said was funny. And so him describing that situation and walking you through it. If this is true of him, I feel robbed of that a little. I feel robbed that there's not this legendary bit from this, you know, visionary comedic mind that was, I mean, dude, he was so good. Richard was so good that I, the fact that if this was true and we don't have that legendary bit, I feel a little bit robbed by that. More Sansbury show and wait, do you hear what a vegan is saying? And I've got serious issues with it. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Sansbury show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9 show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury show on Rock 106.9.
Shine coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll send you out to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. Uh, a trip to LA would be good. I haven't been to Los Angeles in quite a while now. Well, I, uh, I do not know what it is currently, but I can guarantee you the temperature in Los Angeles will not be 19 degrees when you get there, dude. It's just not going to be. That's what we would hope not. I, uh, I, I would love it, man. Honestly, just a trip into warmth right now would be good enough for me. Los Angeles or otherwise, dude, just being warm would be good. Los Angeles right now. And it's 525 in the morning. 54 degrees. Oh, bruh. 54. Hold on. Let's pull it up. Let's take a look where they're going to be all day. Oh, yeah. 10 a.m. in Los Angeles, 75. Oh, yeah. Dude. Dude, LA. I mean, here's the thing. I, dude, you hear me talk about the West Coast a lot. I do the weather so much better. Just think about like being able to just go outside without putting a coat on. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we're talking shorts. We're talking flip-flops, bro. And I would tell you that 75, they're probably like, dude, it's freezing out here. Oh, they'll have jackets on. A-holes. They'll have windbreakers on for sure. For sure. But we'll send you out to the warmth. Coming up at 9 o'clock is when you, you uh, what? <laughs> when you get your keyword for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I am a little tired today, dude. I ended up taking a bunch of NyQuil last night again. Um, I had thought I was getting over this cold, but dude, I had felt run down like the last three days. Yeah. And so last night I started to get really like, you know, how th- that feeling you get when you have mono almost yeah. where it's just like all the energy is just like sucked out of you. It hit me like right around 515 yesterday afternoon where I was just like, oh my God. So dude, I took like three shots of that NyQuil and do your boy went out. I, uh, dude, I mean, you've been, you feel like you've been out of it for a couple of weeks now. I, I, I'd recommend a trip to the doctor, bro. Well, like, no, I wouldn't say I'm going to jump in a freezing cold body of water on Saturday. <laughs> I was That's gonna what say, I'm going to You do. might have like walking to Pneumonia, you might have something going on there, you know. As long as it takes me now. All right. Just Just take me now. Just let's go. I don't have to pay for anything. I'm ready. All right. So a vegan uh, has come out and said something I think is a little crazy. Um, And now people who are on this side of things are going to be like, he's right, you know. Um, But I don't think so. And, um, you know, a lot of people like to make fun of the vegan food. I prefer to make fun of the vegan people. Um, I just think it's. A little silly, right? But Joey Carbstrong is his name. Is that his real name or is that like, I'm Carbstrong? I don't know if that, I don't know. It's, okay. They say this is his name. I wonder if he adopted okay. that or, or what it is, okay. right? Um, but he's a 31-year-old activist who turned vegan back in 2013. And he was telling the news outlets that he does not understand why people want to talk about words and not the morality of farming itself. Where he is called farmers, rapists, and murderers, and wants to talk to them about the sexual abuse of their livestock, claiming that farmers are rapists and murderers. He says, when you're talking about taking a being's life, a being that wants to live, he said, you are forcibly taking their life from them, Murder is the word we use to describe that. Okay, no, murder is the word we use to describe taking a human's life. If I slit my dog's throat, would I have murdered my dog? You, yeah, I guess technically you killed a dog. However, we don't do that to keep human beings alive. We do kill animals. We end animals' lives so we can stay alive. And that's okay. He defended using the term slavery, saying farm animals are not free and are exploited for their bodies. Then they are killed when their farmer determines, whenever their farmer determines. 
He says, if they aren't enslaved, what are they? Are they free? I just don't understand what the problem with that word is. Now, they pressed him and said, you can appreciate, however, that the victims of rape might be offended by your use of the word. And he explained that the act of forcefully penetrating animals sexually in their private parts, I don't see why that's not rape. I didn't realize we were doing that to animals. Well, like artificial insemination. I mean, they're, they're shoving something up there to get that, to get that cow pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. He added, I rarely use the word rape, but I do explain the act. But I will not deny how that word explains what's exactly going on with cows. I'm not going to walk that back, he says. He said, the activists said the farmers from this morning don't see animals as worthy of using those words. I don't either. Is artificially inseminating a human rape? Are they consenting to it? Well, but here's my thing, though, is that he wants to make it the same thing for murder for an animal. So then it has to be then we're going to apply this the same way here. I mean, I think if you made the argument of penetrating somebody in a sexual fashion, I mean, with something other than your penis, you just said somebody. That's where that's where I'll take major issue. And that's where most people take issue. A cow is not a somebody. I mean, I I agree with you here. I'm just saying that, like, if you're looking at it from that perspective of of, uh, you know, all life is worth something. I guess that's where you see it is like, do you view if you penetrated if you penetrated a human with something that was other than your penis? Is that rape? Yes. Or is it, oh, is it, OK, so no, dude, if you penetrate somebody with a broom handle, you're raping. OK, OK, that that's In my opinion, that is rape. But again, I am one of these people that wants to reserve these words for the human race. Yes, I want to prosecute somebody that slits a dog's throat. And but this is why I will never condemn hunters. I eat too many things from a, from a fast food window to condemn somebody else killing an animal that they want to eat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm perfectly fine with hunting. Because, uh, dude, if you want to be anti-hunting, then you got to be anti-99 cent cheeseburger. You understand? Same thing's happening to that animal. And ultimately, people who hunt make the, make the argument that you're building a connection with that animal and that you respect that animal. And as a matter of fact, if you kill an elk like that, it's feeding your family for a year. And at least you're doing the work. I mean, like at the end of the day, the, 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 the blood is somewhere. And the fact that you don't want it on your hands just goes to prove that, like, you know, there's some hypocrisy. There, there. are people and Joe Rogan is one of them who says that every person should have to kill a live animal that they're going to eat at least once in their life to understand that it's that to, in his mind, he views it as morally wrong to disconnect what happens to your food before you get it and just eat food without the understanding of how it got to your plate. I can see the logic there. I can definitely see logic in there. I mean, I, I would say the same thing probably would apply to like growing and like, you know what I mean? Like, no, dude, actually go out there and grow something. Well, he right. says, again, Rogan always says, I think all people should have to farm vegetables at some point to understand how these things happen. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, go, go pick blueberries and then see how much more you appreciate blueberries. Again, I first heard this on his podcast, but I looked it up this morning and it's true. Here's why nobody, this is why, this is why people who are not vegan don't take vegan seriously. Right, And again, I heard this first on his podcast, but I did look it up. I've got multiple sources that back it up. That a third of vegans eat meat when they get drunk. A third. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that that study was done on self-reporting, which means what? That actually the number is more. The number's higher. That's why, dude, all of these people with these causes behind closed doors, dude, you're not all in. 
You're not all in. And so trying to convince other people to be all in is crazy. You're not there. You get drunk and then you want a steak. You know why? Because secretly every single day you were miserable over the fact that you were denying yourself something that is delicious. And so you don't really have, this is what I'm always talking about, dude. You do not have the fabric to see this to see this to the end. You don't. Human beings don't have that fabric in them, dude. We are always going to be hypocrites over the things we pretend to be hugely involved in. It's Now, if you want to take a little bit, people say the vegan lifestyle can do you know, wondrous things for you, although there's a million you know, diets out there that tell you, dude, that meat is ultimately the best thing you can eat for you. I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. I'm obviously not a health expert. I'll eat anything. Okay, but dude, the vegan people are so annoying. They're like brand new people who quit smoking cigarettes or newly converted Christians. It's like they can't have a conversation with you unless they're talking to you about this. But a farmer raising cattle for all of us to eat is not a rapist. He's not a murderer. You're just a crybaby sissy. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 1069, 9 o'clock. We'll send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. You can win your way out to that just by texting in uh, the keyword we give you. According to Adrian Wojnarowski a minute ago, NBA insider, the Cavs and Clippers are still engaging in talks of a trade that would send DeAndre Jordan to the Cavaliers. I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get it. The entire theory out there is we need to do whatever we can do to try to convince LeBron James to stay here. I would agree. There is no trade in the NBA today that makes the Cavs good enough to make LeBron James want to stay here. I'll repeat. There is no trade that could be done today that would make this team a legitimate contender to beat Golden State that would make LeBron James want to stay here. There isn't one. DeAndre Jordan's not that player. I'm sorry. He's not. He is a dude. That is a foregone position in the NBA. He doesn't. He's not. Dude, you need you need mobile guys who can shoot threes. It's a three league. DeAndre Jordan doesn't do that. This trade will be a much like the Boston trade. You are going to walk away thinking that you are a big winner today. And in the end, you're going to be stuck with Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder going. We got screwed. That's what's going to happen. I told you during the Kyrie trade. That's how you would feel in the end. Sure enough, that's how you feel in the end. DeAndre Jordan does not help the Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors. Does not happen. So what's the other option? That's what I'm saying. You're kind of ha- dude. You're stuck here. So make no move, and that's what you should do. <laughs> you can't do that because then the then it's going to be then you give LeBron the perfect excuse. You have to make a swing. I'm just telling you. No matter what the swing, it's nothing's going to do it. I'd much rather have you try. You know what I'm saying? I like, agree with that. Uh, so uh, I'm just tempering everybody's expectations because you all told me we're getting Isaiah Thomas, three fourths of the Kyrie player, Jay Crowder, great defensive player, all this stuff. We're going to win the trade. And I told you then that the theory in the NBA has always been lose the star, lose the trade. You lost Kyrie Irving. You lost the trade. You lost. So if you're trading, if you're trading a, a hypothetical eighth draft pick. For a legit star, I mean, DeAndre Jordan is a star in the NBA. Aren't you winning that? It all depends on who the, who that seventh pick is. It all depends on who it is. Now, I personally think that that, that pick will end up being nothing. The, the, somebody ran the numbers not that long ago, and it's like, dude, the top three picks in the draft are like 45% of the time a bust. 
So, dude, if the top three picks are busts, what's the seventh pick going to be? So at that point, I mean, like I said, even even if you don't feel like this is enough, I'd, you rather, do I'd, I'd rather have you close the gap than not. You, you have to do it. Although, and again, Chris Broussard, who's close with the LeBron James camp, said yesterday that LeBron James has zero appetite to continue to make the finals and get blown out. And when pressed on the issue, when asked, well, why would he go to the West where he's going to lose to Golden State before he even get there? He says he feels like he can make a better run in the Western Conference where he can recruit players to play with him and they can maybe beat them. But losing in the finals is a bigger ding on his legacy than losing before you get there and I would agree it is look at what's happening to Tom Brady right now making it not making it to the finals you feel like is Th- that's dude I'm telling you right now what, what, what's he gonna do go three and 30 in them as Colin Coward was saying yesterday dude they're right like if you continue to lose championship series dude you're just dude all you're doing is lifting Michael that much more above you so would you do better to retire would you do better just to be done with it well again Coward's kind of making that argument that, that he thinks that's what he might do retire for a year and then come back after take a year off figure out where LA is figure out what those players are going to be what that's going to be, and then get out of there, and that and and do it. They're making the argument, dude. Michael did it twice, twice. And I honestly, I, I feel like that should be a ding against him. I know a lot of people just for some reason or another just ignore that fact. That Six like, and up. well, or whatever it is, right? And I mean, uh, yes. And like I said with Tom Brady, that's a factor of the equation. For yeah, it's sure. unfair. I mean, it, it's a factor of the equation, but there's other factors into it. Like, but, I mean, dude, Chris has, dude, he's been tight with LeBron since he was in high school. He's been tight with his camp since high school. And Chris is like, dude, I'm telling you, people close to him are telling me they he has zero appetite to continue to make the NBA Finals and get smoked. And I told you at the beginning of this season, he's out. There is nothing you're going to do to make him stay here. He's never wanted to stay here. He came back here to clean up the image, win you a title, and so when he left, people would tell you to shut your mouth and quit crying because he won you a title. Which, of course, they are ultimately right. Because that's what you all said before Game 7 when they won. If I get this one, I don't care what he does. Now all of a sudden, now you have your title. Now you want to walk that back and you want to hate on him for wanting to leave. He is gone. It's as good as done. I've been saying it since the beginning of the year, and I have, of course, right. Much like I was right on the Kyrie Irving thing. I am right about this. He is done. DeAndre Jordan does not help you beat the Golden State Warriors. There is no trade that helps you beat the Golden State Warriors. There isn't one. There is no trade. There is no collection. There's no trade that you can get done by the end of today. Yes, if you send me a list of four players, if the Cavs had this, they could do it. Well, yeah. If you go NBA Jam, if you go video game roster on it, then yes. But that's exactly what the Golden State Warriors are. They are a video game roster, and DeAndre Jordan is not helping LeBron James beat that video game roster. It's just over. It's over. Wave goodbye. He's gone. More Sansbury Show on the way next. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. Minutes away now from getting you hooked up with a trip for two people out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. We already looked this morning at 5.30 LA time. It was already 54 degrees. Nice. Nice. It is, dude. I, uh, I'm i over this winter, man. I feel like I told, well, it's February. It's Northeast Ohio. You know what's happening. So and, what? And yeah, I hate it. So what? <laughs> I despise it right now. When I, when I was in high school, I knew 11th period was geometry. <laughs> I knew it was happening. I hated it. I'm allowed to hate things I know are going to happen. 
It's just been cold. It's been snowy. I've had I've had my car stuck. My girlfriend's car stuck. Really? Zero degree temperatures. It's just been a pain in the ass this year, dude. It really has, and I'm just done with it, man. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready for the weather break. Obviously, as I'm a big golfer, I, I want some decent weather so I can get out there. I brought up this point yesterday on Twitter and got a lot of response on it. And I just want to encourage any of the uh, powers that be in Canton, Ohio, to jump on this idea. Um, but there's Dome it. There's more. Dome it. There's more and more cities in the world right now who are heating their streets. So when you have a big blizzard roll through, like you don't have to worry about plowing, you don't have to worry about salting. They've got you know like, electric coil in it. Either electric coil. There's there's like water heating that you can do. Oh, tubing. Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of houses yeah. have that. Now a big a big part of this is 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 if you have a like power plant nearby, it's going to be a lot easier to do. Um, but dude, let's get that done. It's 2018. The technology's out there. Let's make it happen. It's a lot of money. I mean, but just think about a lot of money up front. No question about it. And you'd have to be already tearing up the roads because if you're like, no, we're going to retroactively fit this, that's going to be a problem. But like, think about how much money is lost from businesses that, you know, people have to take the day off because it's like, hey, my kids had a snow day. So that's lost money right there. Think about all the accidents that happen because of crappy weather. Think about how much it costs to plow and salt and do all those things up front. Yes, a lot of money. I'm saying big picture financial sense this could be. I agree, and I love the plan. The problem is, yeah. it gets rid of a lot of road construction jobs. Yeah, uh, and yeah. dude, the county ain't going for that. I, I, <laughs> they ain't going for that. We complain so much as citizens about potholes, and they didn't plow this, and they didn't Which, do that. Like, I hate to be one of these people, but Eleventh Street is terrible, dude. There are craters in that goddamn thing, and when the roads are clear, it's fine. But you dust like a half inch or maybe an inch of snow, and you don't see it. Right. And dude, I got aluminum rims. I can't have it. Ain't it the worst when you hit a pothole and you're like, damn, that sounded expensive. Yeah. Like, damn, that sounded like that's gonna F my day up. Yeah, your b-hole just, <laughs> you know, just puckers like, damn it, damn it, that's gonna be 1100 bucks. I mean, and I, I know it sounds like, Ken doesn't have the money for anything. I just feel like, and I've read a couple articles on this, because I really got interested in this, yeah. Yesterday, um, it's one of those things that yes, expensive up front pays for itself in time. I know Holland, Michigan's one of the cities that have done that recently, and they're just—I mean—over the moon about it. Like, my, my buddy has a heated driveway; he loves it. Yeah, dude, that's one of those things. I think that like yeah, when he loves it when it's time for a new Casa de Fantone. I've always said to myself, that's one of those things. Sure, it's going to be expensive, but big picture, worth the money. There. I'm wondering, like, do you create more? Uh, driving conditions that are unsafe just because of the slushiness of it that might happen? All melting off, though. I mean, like, from what I've read, they have the capabilities to melt anywhere from one to two inches an hour of snow. An hour? Yeah, and that's essentially what we were dealing with yesterday during blizzard-like conditions was an inch plus per hour. Now, so you looked into this, so if I have questions, you you think you can help me answer? Fingers crossed, I hope I do. So so is it one of these things like, like heating a pool, you turn it on? Um, Wait a few hours, then use it, or is this like a constantly run thing? A couple of different ways you can do that. It can automatically trigger itself at a certain temperature point. I would or, imagine solar is what pushes this, right? It, it, the one, the one that I really read about. There was three that I kind of focused on. There was one in Wisconsin, one in Michigan, and one and, uh, and Japan is very big on this. Like the entire like north part of Japan has this. Um, but what what they do? It's not solar powered. Uh, the one in Holland has a a a they have a they have a power plant right there. So what they do is they take that access water. This is Michigan. Mm-hmm. Okay. They take the excess water that's already superheated and run that through piping through the entire city, melts down the entire thing. The cost, obviously, when you have 
a power plant right there is brought down. The cost of operation is brought down severely because that that heated water already exists. My buddy has water heating in his house too, like in the floorboards. It's like yeah, it's tubing, and it's like the water heats up, and it is floors stay warm. So I say this: his house is not as warm as other houses. Although your feet always feel toasty. great, yeah, when, when you're right walking there. around. It, 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 but it, I don't need the outside to be warm like my house. I just need the street to be warm. Right. I just, that's that's all I'm focused on right there is just making sure that people aren't sliding into each other. I love it, dude. I think it's a great idea. You're right, though. You got to, dude. You know how much road work that is. You got to dig all that up. Now, like I said, if you if if you're going at it from the uh, from the mindset, of, but you're digging up the roads every year anyway. That's right. If you if you're already going to have to build a road there, it's like, well, why not do it? And one of the guys, oh, to start out that way, yes, yeah. One of the guys that follows us on Twitter brought up a good point. He's like, you know, right now this is a difficult thing. Uh, Dwayne, it was uh, right now. This is going to be a difficult thing to do. But as solar power and all these different alternative energies become better and batteries become better, he's like, this probably, you know, uh, this this I think is a foreseeable idea in in. Our, in our lifetime, yeah, Fantone didn't get the note. We don't give Dwayne credit. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We we no. We don't encourage sorry, Dwayne. Dwayne sorry. We, we don't. We don't encourage sorry. Dwayne. We uh, th- that is a person that does not need the encouragement. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I uh, I uh, I love today. Okay. Okay. And I didn't know about this until just this commercial break prior, as I was uh, as, as I was reading some things. Right. But every day's got a day. National Macaroni Cheese Day. Yeah. National, you know, dad body day, right? Yeah, yeah, We all got that day. You know what today is? I do not. Today is National Fall Off the Wagon Day. This has been a day wow. in, um, in, wow. in history for a long, long time, I guess. And apparently today is the day. This is, this, is the, this is the water's edge where the uptick in fast food sales goes back up and daily people walking through the gym doors go down. That apparently February the eighth is is the breaking point of your New Year's resolution, and it's National Fall Off the Wagon Day. This excites me a great deal. <laughs> why? I feel like you've been off the wagon for a little bit here. That's exactly why. Okay, I've been waiting for this day, and I and I'm happy I read this because I wanted to be a New Year, New Me. Let's go start working out, person. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to be lumped in with that crowd and have the, the the gym meatheads looking at me going, yeah, look at one of those, obviously here, making a New Year's resolution. But if you start going today, after everybody else is starting to go down, this next week, if I start this next week, I like it. I'm not necessarily lumped in with that crowd. So, so you decided, So you decided. all right, I'm going to postpone the betterment of myself because, Damn right. because I don't want dudes at the gym making fun of me? I, well, that's partially it. That and, I don't want, <laughs> that and I don't want to lift heavy things. It sucks. Dude, if I told you the amount of times since December that I have gone home from work, got into like gym clothes, and thought to myself, I'm going to go to the gym right now, which is walking distance from my house. I use the Eric Snow when I go. I don't go a lot or often enough, but when I do, I'll go and then I'll shoot hoops for 20 minutes and then go home. Maybe hit the hot tub. That part's kind of nice, too. But like, I, I live very close to it. I could drive to it, could walk to it, whatever, get a little cardio on my way there even. And, but the amount of times I'll go home, get dressed in gym clothes, and not go to the gym would blow you over. What's the, uh, what's the hurdle? What's happening there? <sighs> I believe it's the marijuana, dude. Okay. Okay. I believe it is. Now, I'm a proponent of marijuana legalization. And as a matter of fact, we were going to talk about this next, but we might as well just do it right now, is that support in this country is at an all-time high for legalizing marijuana. We have hit the 60% mark. 60% of Americans say do it. 
Yes, I mean at this point, sixty. At this point, I would say honestly, if if you really had the numbers, I would say it's probably more than sixty. percent I would say that it's been around sixty percent since the eighties. Right. It's just a lot of people weren't ready to admit it yet, over fear of what their friends and family would think. No, and, and to make the argument of like, yes, you can totally be a proponent for legal marijuana and still understand there's some negative uh, side effects to it. Where it's like, yeah, dude, I one hundred percent support the concept of drinking. I understand you shouldn't drink and drive, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So like, and, and the whole thing with weed is 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 and i think south park hit this nail on the head pretty well it's not that like you're going to necessarily like destroy your life because you smoke a joint um but it makes being bored okay it makes being lazy okay where like if it's you, a complacency drug yeah where if you didn't have that feeling that comfort blanket of being stoned in that moment so right. yeah oh dude it doesn't matter dude, i'm high so who cares whatever you push yourself a little bit more you try things that you don't normally try or at least you get off your ass and you go do something where it, it, dude i mean This isn't like, well, we got to take weed away from everybody, but it does. It makes it okay to be lazy. It makes it okay to be bored. Yeah, you're fine with your environment. I um, And this is what I always argue when people like to tell me, you know, marijuana is not habit forming. Then why does everybody I know smoke it, smoke it five times a day for the last 20 years of their life? Because it's not a habit? Uh, Really? Yes. I mean, much like anything else, like, I mean, I know people who smoke in like it maybe a monthly or weekly situation. Yeah, where but it's I like, know people who drink once a month. Right, too. right. Where you know you can you. I know people who use cocaine like that too. It's it's all over the spectrum. I mean, and honestly, I think that's kind of the thing is like you can't just paint this with one brush of like, well, it's so it's, it's not drug, it's not addicting. Well, look at all the addicts. <laughs> like, so 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 what are you? How are you going to make that argument? But at the same time, you can't make the argument of it's the most addictive thing in the world because look at all the people who use it on a very recreational basis and use it responsibly and still have an okay life. If like, sugar and video games are addictive, marijuana is addictive. <laughs> End of argument. It's over. It's over. I, I, because, and I believe that if, until you are honest about these things, that you will not get what you want. That trying to, that, that as much as there's been propaganda about how evil marijuana is, there's as much propaganda on the pro side. You got to give up these flimsy ass arguments. Do you feel like? Do you feel like working out stoned would be something? I mean, like why not? You know what I'm saying? Why, why not go to the gym high? This is one of the. This is one of the areas in which this thing negatively affects me. There are people who can do that i am one of those not people of who will not do that okay that i am more likely to go well zelda's fun though well especially with the thing is 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 you can't just go day one like all right i do i'm gonna smoke a blunt before i go to the gym for the first time in five years that's a bad idea like no question about that no you have you, to build that habit and then you, you can combine your habits if you are a workout person again i'll go back to joe rogan he talks about this all the time where he's like dude yeah I'll chew a couple of edibles and go to the gym, but that dude's throwing kettlebells around three hours a day every single day of his life, runs the mountain in L.A. every morning with the dog, does all that. He's a fitness person. Right. So like him and Ricky Williams and those kind of guys, yeah, but they're the outliers. Most people who are smoking weed are like, well, dude, Doritos are delicious, they and are. dude, I got Netflix, and that's kind of cool. It's awesome. You, dude, that's half the reason why people want to do it is because it plants your ass into the couch, yep. and you're not going to do anything all afternoon, and you're going to enjoy it. It makes your complacent behavior okay there's, yeah. there's no doubt in my mind there's no that. doubt that's exactly that's half the reason why most people will use it more Sansbury show after you get hooked up with this trip out to los angeles right now your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio music awards now text the keyword vip to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and message rates apply that's rock 106.9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, where you can win your way into the Kid Rock Show on the 24th at the Q. We have tickets. We're about to get you hooked up here. 
momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. Teresa will have another opportunity for a trip out to L.A. for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. She'll do that for you at 11. Fantone was asking me during the break about the Queen of Hearts contest going on at the Great and Row Tavern outside of Cleveland. And uh, I used to live right down the street from the Great and Row Tavern, drank there plenty of times. As, actually, as a matter of fact, I had, uh, had applied for a job there and then had to turn it down as I um, ended up getting another job right before it. But I, uh, dude, that's a, dude, the Great and Row Tavern is a really good bar. Do you know how, like, how the game works? I like, do. I, okay. What Here's do do? how it works. Right? You get a board of 52 cards right. and two jokers face down. Each week, the bar then selects one ticket. On the back of the ticket is a number corresponding to the cards. If that card is flipped over to reveal the Queen of Hearts, that person then gets the money. Okay. So I, as the consumer, walk into that bar and I say, I want to play the Queen of Hearts. So, so you they buy g- cards. They give the cards are like you, you buy a ticket, sorry. Like a raffle ticket. Yeah, you buy like a raffle ticket. So you ticket. buy like a raffle ticket. It'll have a number on they it. They draw it out. And then those numbers are associated with the 52 cards. Now, on Wednesday night, there were nine cards remaining. And 388,000 tickets were sold this past week for the latest drawing. I believe nobody won. Okay. So I've got to win the raffle, and then I have to flip over a card, and hopefully that card's the Queen of Hearts. I believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the number on your car on your ticket. So they'll pull out a card. They'll pull out a ticket. Yeah. It'll give you the number, and then that number's associated with a card so on the I board. I don't get to pick the card. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. Okay. So what if they draw my raffle number and it's let's say thirteen, but thirteen's already been picked? Do they go on to the next one, or is it like that? I don't know. I mean, it's not that it really matters here, but you just keep seeing this story in the news, and they're like the Queen of Hearts, the Queen of Hearts, Queen of Hearts, and I felt like an idiot because I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Like, I, I was like, well, is this something I'm just missing out on, or like? Apparently, tickets are one dollar. They can be purchased at other places. I don't know if does that mean you cannot buy them at Grayton Road. I don't remember. I, don't I, I had been to Grayton Road for a drawing. Like I said, I lived right down the street from that place. The food was really good. It, there's there's a new bar slash restaurant uh, bar grill, I guess, in Maslin, and I think it's called the Wicked Pickle. And they announced on their Facebook page that they're going to start a Queen of Hearts. Smart. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, at this point, Smart. I mean, everybody's everybody's doing it. And I was just like, all right, that's cool. Maybe I can win a million dollars. And then I'm like, I don't even know what I have to do. Like, like, like what is this game? I you know. So I. I it's a game of chance, essentially. Like if yeah. you, if you get pulled out, and you, okay, I wonder how this works. I, I, I don't know much about um, the Ohio laws because the bar I owned was in Oregon, and um, but I was not allowed to have a game of chance. And now in Oregon, you can get video poker machines for your bar, right? Right, and it's run by the Oregon Lottery, right? Right, right. And um, but you're not allowed to have any other game of chance. At that time, which we used to do, which we I didn't have the video poker machines. I was waiting on my on my application to be approved, um, and then I just ended up going another way. But we we had a game at the bar. We it was called Shake a Shift, and you were only allowed to do it once while, and it was during a bartender shift. So if you showed up at two o'clock in the afternoon and shift changed at three, you could do it at two and then again at three okay. because it was all about the bartender shift, right? And what it was is it was five dice. And you would roll them and you would pick a, or like the bar would pick like, you got to get all fours or all threes, or you could do like all the dice have to hit a combined number of X or whatever, and then you win. But it's a dollar to do it every time you want to do it. And it would take weeks sometimes for the winner to win. And the bartenders loved it. 
because when everybody hit Shake a Shift, it was normally around $500 in the tube, and the bartender would get tipped out real heavy. Yeah, of course. So, of course, the bartender up and down the bar was just, and I would always throw a $50 bill in every time to start. After any time somebody wanted, take $50 out of the register, put it in. That way, no matter what, you had a shot to win at least 50 bucks. I would have to assume that, like, just legally, you've got, you, you, you but have But I was to- able to do that because I didn't have the lottery, so I'm wondering now with, with the Queen of Heart, the, the whole point to tell you that story, and sorry, I dropped off there, but is if you have Ohio Lottery Kino in your bar, are you allowed to be doing these things? I, I would assume that somebody somewhere is getting a cut of this. It's not like the Ohio Lottery is just letting somebody run a million and a half dollar raffle out of their bar and not getting a piece of it. I don't. I mean, I have no idea what those legalities are, but somewhere along the lines, the, you're not just letting a million and a half go out without getting taxed. I would imagine not. Shake a Shift was one of the biggest things we did. People love that. The crowd would get so rowdy over it. So this bar you're talking about doing Queen of Hearts, dude, I'll go. Like yeah. this was that's a thing that will get me to go. The Wicked Pickle, and I have not been there yet, so I can't say whether it's good, great, yeah, or whatever. Never but, heard of it. But uh, I know it's new. I know it's in Maslin, and and I just saw it on their Facebook page. Like, hey, coming soon. So uh, interesting. You know, yeah. So it is. Dude, I could use some money right now. Uh, to be honest, I, <laughs> this is so I, all morning. I have been I have been googling reviews and reading like online reviews. Okay. Dude, I need a vacuum cleaner. Okay. I bought a used like Dyson. <laughs> okay. Like 4 years ago, actually it was my ex that did it when she was living here and um she bought a used Dyson off of eBay and it ran great for about 2 years and then just like the last like year and a half it just hasn't been great, and it makes this ungodly noise that I'm almost afraid to run it while my neighbors are home because it just makes, I mean, it's that loud, just sounds really bad. And so I've been looking all morning, and apparently, dude, I can get one of these Dyson Slim things for like 175 bucks, but I don't know. I need somebody to tell me, like, is that a decent price on a vacuum cleaner? Like, I just don't uh, know. Um, yeah, I mean, I assume you're probably going to spend 100 bucks on a vacuum cleaner right? at minimum. Um, I'm just going to say, I just recommend a Hoover, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a uh, it's a Canton brand right there. That's a uh, Stark County kind of thing right there so I'm, is that uh, still a thing oh yeah 100 percent, man hmm. yeah so no i uh, all right well then if that's Uber. true then i then i will find one of those or not and then just never tell you what kind of <laughs> vacuum cleaner i bought we have kid rock tickets we'll get you hooked up next on rock 106.9 hope you boys brought popcorn the stansberry show because i'm about to put on a show rock 106.9 welcome back to the stansberry show on Rock 106.9, we have Kid Rock tickets for you. We'll pass those out here momentarily. Uh, according to the Los Angeles Clippers, teams interested in DeAndre Jordan, they're telling you now, make your offer a good one. There will be no DeAndre Jordan auction before 3 p.m. this afternoon. And they are totally willing to retain him and look at what his options are over the summer. Basically saying, dude, unless you give us a Lions Hall, we're not interested. So what are you willing to give up to bring DeAndre Jordan here and still get swept in the NBA Finals? What are you willing to raffle off? Because you're still getting swept. Maybe five games. Get ready for the quickie part two. It's going to happen. If the Cavs make it. Now, I think they do. I think they make it out of the East. But there are a lot of people who think Boston beats them in the playoffs. Which, if that happens, oof. Bro, it's over. Well, it's over anyway. LeBron's leaving no matter what. I don't care what they do. So at this point, like... I mean, what's the point of even paying attention, right? That's kind of where I'm at on it. I mean, everybody's talking about the win last night. It's like, yeah, dude, you had to win in overtime. You needed a miraculous shot by LeBron to get it done. They are a complete and utter mess. 
You got Isaiah Thomas out there, which, by the way, this is my favorite thing that happened on the internet yesterday. It was his birthday. The Cavs wished him happy birthday and had to disable the comments on all the social media sites so people didn't, like, trash Isaiah Thomas. No worries. He's three-fourths of the player, Kyrius. Don't worry about it. He'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, then, Isaiah Thomas also said publicly the Cavs don't make in-game adjustments. And Ty Lue had to come back out and say, well, that's not true. So this guy... Cavs don't make in-game adjustments. That's one of the big problems I have with them right now is they don't. I was going to say, this should be pretty easy to see just by watching the game, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's... The, you can I mean, he's see not, he's, it. He, he's not wrong there. I, I could imagine that would be pretty easy to see, I, I would think. But that guy, dude, comes here, accuses Kevin Love of something. Now he's calling out Ty Lue. And you got to imagine it's because he's got the owner on his side, right? And it looks like that's going to be what, what we the, the one of the pieces we want to hold on to is Isaiah Thomas. That's pretty funny, dude. That's that's pretty funny. Dude, do we have any further update on the rap career of Matthew Fantode? No, I uh, I hit up my one buddy who uh, who lives in Baltimore now and he was like, "Well, let me see what my mom can find in like my high school box." So, uh, my mom had nothing, um but I I am I am working feverishly trying to find uh some of the lost chronicled tapes of War, the White Arsenal of rap. I can't I couldn't remember it. War. I just I had it as White Aryan rappers. No, 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 no. The White Arsenal and all of rap. It was me. My name was G Rizzy. Uh, my buddy's name was Whitey Too Tidy. And uh, yeah, they were a pretty good rap group back in the day. Was it just the two of you? Uh, we had some other. We had some other like guest <laughs> spots. We had the notorious PAT. My buddy Pat would make an appearance on a track every now and then. Uh, and then my buddy Corman. He would. Uh, he was. Uh, I don't know if I can necessarily say what his rap name was um, because he was. He was one half cracker, the other half. And I never hesitate to put a finger on a trigger. So, like, it was very, uh, what do I want to say? It was it was a dicey situation back then. But, no, we had other guys in the group. White what? The white arsenal of rap. Arsenal. Yeah. Is the we, word was, we, were, we were war. Arsenal. Yeah. Good stuff back then, dude. It was um, good times. Was there a talent show? Um, was this done in Twins? Was Chamberlain I don't, uh, think we, I, I don't think we ever did it live up on stage, but like during like blow off classes, like during like choir, because this is where it all like existed. This is where it all kind of got started. Is because what are you doing in choir class? Just getting an easy A. We would, you know, that was like our rehearsal time. We were going up there. Rehearsal we were performing in front of like people. So like, I, cell phone cams weren't weren't nearly as as, as a thing back then. So no, like, they were not. so and luckily for you, I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if any if any like video. Video footage exists of us. I want white arsenal of rap audio. I want to slow down white arsenal of rap video or uh, audio. Beep beep honky was one of our big songs. Um, I f the prom queen was another big one. So like it was it was good stuff back then, dude. It was. Dude, I swear to God, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I'll keep looking. Am I? Oh, dude, you will not stop looking until I get my hands on it. I uh, that's my hometown too, dude. I should reach out and put some feelers see out. See what see what people have out there for me. <laughs> the white arsenal of rap, beep beep honky. Yeah, it was that was our big that was our big hit right there. Bill Burr's always talking about how he wants to bring the word honky back. How he wants to like make it stick again. Well, and that was the funny. whole joke. It was like beep beep honky. It was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was we were. It was a song about us driving and yelling out the window at white people. Beep beep honky. All right. So here, here here's what I'm gonna tell you. It's 9:47 on the 8th of February. 
If you don't pull that quote right there of you screaming, <laughs> beep, beep, honky, if that's not in the Friday audio reel for tomorrow, buddy, I am going to be very, very disappointed in that. We have Kid Rock tickets. Let's send you. It's on the 24th at the queue. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Teresa will have another opportunity to trip to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. She'll do that for you at 11. Aside from that, we're done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning for the final day of the week on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.